Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Coming up on Just Fantasy Baseball, Vince and I broke down the catcher position. Is it actually deeper than in past years? Well, you can get value in certain categories later on, and we'll explain all that. Is there one clear consensus, number one, head and shoulders above everyone else? And there's their value later in the draft, plus an announcement for me, some fun stuff, all that and a whole lot more coming up on the Just Fancy Baseball podcast right after this. Welcome back to Just Fantasy Baseball. My name is Rami Lavi. That is Vince D'Amato. And today we are doing Catcher. And we're going to do it a little bit differently. We've been talking about this. Always trying to improve, make the episodes better. And we feel that starting off with the tiers, so it's not almost redundant, where at the end we just do the tiers. After you've heard everything we have to say about the Catcher position, we're going to start it off with the tiers today. And then at the end, you'll get our actual consensus top 10 in order. And in between, we'll do all the things that we normally do. So... Let's kick it off with the tiers, starting with your tier one, the God tier. Who do you have tier one? Tier one obviously feels um, pretty chalk. It's Adley Rutschman. I mean, he's going top 50 in most drafts, as he should be. Um, so that's pretty easy tier one. If you have a top 50 pick, if you have two catcher leagues, he's definitely a target for me. Um, tier two, I call Do you think the- he's the clear-cut favorite, like no one close for Adley? Oh, I yeah. mean, the biggest thing to me is he's going to play like 160 games um, or 155 that no other catcher does. So does that separate him in your mind, head and shoulders above everyone else? Because to me, I'm seeing as in an auction league, I'm seeing him going a dollar or two more than the next tier. When if he's that much better than everyone else, he should be like he's worth like four or five dollars more than the next tier. Do you think the gap is that big between, is it Adley and everyone else? Yeah. Um, I, I would be years first so that we actually discuss sure. it on like yeah. previous episodes. I would definitely be willing to pay four or $5 for Adley more. Again, I don't, I don't play in too many auction leagues, so it's a little bit more difficult, but I mean, their ADP between Adley and JT right now is about 20 picks for NFBC. So I don't know what that equates to in dollars, but probably a couple dollars. I'm surprised it's one, um, but Adley, Playing on a good team. I mean, I know JT also plays on a good team, but um, I think Baltimore is going to be a better team. They have a, a phenomenal offense. He, like you said, he's going to play every day. Um, yeah, I think it's I think it's Adley by by a good head and shoulders. All right, uh, your second tier. You have the upper echelon, and you got two people in that tier. Who are those two? Yeah, just the next two. JT. Um, I wrote JT. Should have wrote. Yeah. Yeah, either one. Doesn't matter. JT Real Muto and William Contreras are my upper echelon. And these guys are pretty, I don't want to say interchangeable because they they bring different skill sets, but they're probably costing the same in auction leagues. They're going five picks apart um, in NFBC drafts. Like Wilson's going about pick 75 on average. JT's going about 71. 
Um, but then in the draft I'm in right now, William Contreras actually went a few picks before JT Real Muto. Um, so pretty interchangeable depending on your build there. Um, but I do think that's that's kind of a second tier, um, second tier of guys with as, right there. With as young as William Contreras is, do you think there's a chance he could take over Adley? I know they're both young, but for that number one catcher spot, if you look at just statistically, their numbers are close and William also plays a lot of games. Do you think that that's the type of thing where it's even debatable? William Contreras is actually really good. Yeah, yeah, I, I absolutely could see a world where that happens. And I'm going to try to look up um, just to, I mean, he was the number one fantasy catcher last year. So, I mean, that's pretty huge, right? He hits the ball well. Um, he doesn't bring any speed, which is fine for for the catching sake. The only reason why it might be tough um, is just because I think Adley overall has better just better raw tools and giving himself another year. I think he's just only, he's only going to get better Adley is. And so I think not only is Adley just slightly above, but I think he's going to get better. So Wilson would have to really level up in order to, uh, to catch Adley plus team context. Again, if we are going to take that into consideration, I was about I to mean, say the yeah, Orioles, I think are going to be really good. That lineup is young. They're getting better. All right. Tier three, the mid at Shalon. Uh, you got a bunch of people here. Who do you have? <laughs> Yeah, this one feels pretty big. I do think it starts with uh, Will Smith, though, um, with the Dodgers. The only reason and the only thing holding him back from that upper echelon is just the signing of Shohei Otani. Like, he's not going to get the at-bats that we want him to and that we've been relying yep. on him to. Um, but it's sad because his underlying stuff for years has been phenomenal, but it's never quite caught up with what we were hoping he would be. Um, so Will Smith definitely leads off this tier of Tier 3, but... Um, I do think he falls in because he could slip without the playing time. I also have Cal Raleigh, Yiner Diaz, um, Wilson Contreras, and Sean Murphy in this tier as well. Um, a bunch of guys, you know, Yiner and Cal Raleigh bring power. Um, Wilson Contreras, Sean Murphy bring power, um, probably some counting stats as well. So just like a bunch of guys that do everything pretty Yainer well. Yiner and the lineup also. Mm-hmm. We talk about that a lot. Yep. Yep. And I mean, he could hit 25, 30 home runs and be, I mean, I think he's going to hit right in the middle of that lineup, you know? Exactly. Um, and I feel like we haven't seen the potential with him yet. Like, I think he's also another guy who hasn't, who's, you know, we haven't seen his ceiling yet. Yeah. hundred percent agree. And I, I'm going to find myself chasing um, Cal Raleigh and Wilson Contreras a lot though. Yainer, as much as I love him too, his price is pretty high. Like it's, it's not one that I'm crazy about paying. I mean, I have him ranked as the fifth catcher and he's going as the fifth catcher, but to pay a one Oh five price that maybe feels a little high and maybe not. Um, but I'm just, I'm not sure I'm ready to pay that when there is a guy like Cal Raleigh who I can get 30 picks later or Wilson Contreras, who's going 35 picks later, who also bring extremely good value. Um, and Yainer, for as much as I love him and as much as I think he's going to do great things, he does strike out quite a bit. He doesn't walk a whole lot. So you know, there is some possibility that he doesn't fulfill a potential, you know, 30 home run bat immediately, right? Like the MLB is tough, right? So yeah, um, oh, there's a sure. chance for that. We've seen that out of Cal Riley and Wilson though. So give me those, those discounts. Yeah. And we'll talk about Cal Riley, um, Wilson Contreras also. I also do have a point that I want to make on JT, um, but we'll get to those as we go. I want to continue for now with the, uh, with the tiers and then we'll get into some of that stuff. Tier four says you still need to see them prove it. And you got a couple of people in there. Who are they? Yeah. So the two that I wrote down here are Francisco Alvarez and Logan Ohapi. 
I would also include in this tier Bo Naylor, Gabriel Moreno, mm-hmm. um, Kyber Ruiz, um, even Mitch Garver, Luis Camposano. Like, there's a ton of guys that can kind of fall in this tier. Um, but the two that I do want to highlight, Francisco Alvarez, obviously one of the big names that has come up um, from the prospect land uh, last year. And huge, I didn't huge put him power. in any of my, like, sleeper list because I feel like I've been to New York bias, East Coast bias. So um, trying to avoid dude could have 35 home runs though. I mean, he really, he last year, he reminded me of rookie Gary Sanchez. I got to see him in person a few times. Um, again, I, again, I'm, I know that it's, he still needs to prove it. That's why I think it's the perfect category for him, but I appreciate that we're talking about him because he's one of those guys who can be in the Cal Riley category when it comes to, just rare power that you don't see at the catcher position. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're absolutely right. And I think a lot of people harp on him for, you know, Oh, he's going to have a low batting average. Like it's going to come with a terrible batting average, but honestly, you know, if you draft correctly, like that's not going to kill your batting average. Like you can afford to take a few of these guys who are just going to hit bombs because especially when you're looking at catcher. Yeah. It's Mm -hmm. not, it's not typically like one of the deeper positions. Now, that's the next place I want to go. Do you find catcher to be deeper this year than it's ever been? Because I think it is. If you look at those tiers, that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, ten guys that you put in already that are all any of the, if you get any of those 10, you're really happy with them. That's pretty deep for catcher. Yeah, I would say, you know, I mean, there's obviously some question marks once you get past like 17, 18, um, but anywhere, you know, any of literally the, the top 25-ish guys, like there's tons of talent out here. It's very deep. There's a lot of guys who are below that even who, you know, have a chance. Like you mentioned Gary Sanchez. He just signed with Milwaukee. Like obviously he's not going to overtake William Contreras, but who knows? Like he could get some runtime. He could find some spots at D or some, you know, at-bats at DH too. Maybe he, he has an impact. So I, I absolutely agree with you. A lot of these teams now, because catching is – it's very difficult, right? And so there's a lot of catchers who are going to only play maybe four or five days or games a week. Plenty of opportunity for guys to jump in and, and have big weeks. Um, you really mentioned that. So, yeah. You you mentioned the games played. How important is it to maybe get one of those top guys who play so many games, like an Adley and William? We'll see what happens with William this year, being that Gary Sanchez is there. But how important is it to get one of those guys who plays almost every day, whether it's at DH or catcher, because then you don't have to rely on picking up one of those second catchers in that 15 to 20 range. Yeah. It depends on your league size, right? I mean, if you are playing in a 12 team league or a 10 team league, I'm not really gonna, I'm not going to reach for a catcher. Like I'd give me Cal Raleigh or give me, you know, give me some of these guys at the bottom. I'll even take Francisco Alvarez or Logan Ohapi. I think they have, you know, plenty of upside to offer so um, but if you're in a two catcher league or maybe anything bigger than 15 I'd probably make sure to get one of the top 10 to 15 guys because I don't want to be shuffling through catchers um, you know as the season goes on I I would much rather have a little bit more of a a lock there if I could if in in bigger leagues or two catcher yeah I I totally agree so we went through the rankings or I should say the tiers now, before we get to our top 10, which is what we'll close the episode out with, let's start with the best value. Who's your best value at the catcher position? I put down Mitch Garver. Uh, Mitch Garver is currently at uh, 184 on my draft boards. And 
um, recently traded to Seattle, right? And so another guy who, by the way, not in your tier list. So just adding to my mm -hmm. point about catcher being deeper than maybe we thought in the past. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think, um, and, and this is where it gets tough. So there's some good and some bad with Mitch Garver. The bad is that he's never had more than 360 plate appearances in his career, right? And he's already in his, you know, early 30s. So a little bit older, but never had more than 360 at-bats. He's not in a good hitter's park either. Like Seattle is not a good place for power to play. Um, but there are a lot of good things. And I think first and foremost, you know, we talk about it all the time. He's going to get some playing time. Like he is their DH, which leads me to my second point is that he's not catching. So give me all catchers who don't catch. I love that because they bring that catcher eligibility, but they're not going to put the strain on their body that normal catchers do. So Mitch Garver, his bat has always played when he's healthy. It's really just been the health. Again, never having more than 360 at-bats is not something I really, you know, want to look for when I'm looking for a guy because I tend to play for floor. But, I mean, he had 19 home runs in less than 90 games last year. Like, that's pretty good. He has a 98th percentile chase rate, um, an 83rd percent barrel rate, uh, percentile barrel rate. So he doesn't chase and he puts the barrel on the ball pretty often. There's just there's nothing not to like other than the health. And so if we're talking about pick 184, I think Mitch Garver um, is a phenomenal value, especially because he's not going to catch this year. All right, I have Gabriel Moreno. Um, I think he'll play a lot more games this year. That's the one thing. He didn't play a ton of games, and I think in more of a full season, you're right that he's a guy who still kind of has to prove himself, but the average on-base percentage, the slugging percentage last year was off the charts. Um, in limited time, I think the, the home runs and the stolen bases too, you look at steals for catcher, you can steal, to be corny about it, a bunch of steals at 160 is his ADP right now, I'm seeing, like, you can get some steals later in the draft with him um, and get a few more home runs. You know the average on base and is going to be there. I think he could be across the board. And I saw him ranked as like the 12th catcher. And that's, to me, that's low for him. Um, I think that's good value. Uh, I really like what he can bring for Arizona. And I think, like I said, he'll he played 111 games last year. If he could get that to 130, that's not asking too much from a catcher. If he could get to 130, then all of a sudden you're talking about maybe the seven home runs or eight home runs turns into 12 or 14 and the stolen bases turns from six to 10. That's pretty good. If a guy's going to bat 285 and get on base, you know, three at 350. Yeah, I think it's a good pick. And he's one coming up through the minors. It's always, he's got a great hit tool. It's just how much power is he going to get to soft flash that he hits the ball hard. I'd like to see him raise his launch angle a little bit. It is a little low, um, but he's like also, it doesn't matter for fantasy, but he's a great defensive catcher. He's literally like, which is why he's going to yeah. play he's 140 play. games. I think yeah. at least like, yeah. I think, I think that's being conservative to say that he'll play 140. I think you can expect him to play that and probably more because of how good to, he's not, you know, with some of these catchers, you look at situations where it's like, and I know you have one coming up with your worst value where it's like, well, where's he going to get playing time? You know, and he doesn't have that issue. In fact, they're going to try and squeeze him in as many times as possible. So you're talking about a guy who had 300-something plate appearances last year. He could get to 500. And that's pretty close to the level that we talk about with Adley, who's going to get five, 600 plate appearances. So um, I love the value with him. I think it's good value. Uh, he's my best value in this draft. Yeah, his backup, I just looked real quick. His backup is Tucker Barnhart. 
So not going to get a ton of playing just, time. He's not going to yeah. get. I mean, Tucker <laughs> exactly. was on the Cubs last year, and and Gabriel's young. Defense, like he's but... not. Yeah, he's a young guy. So you still yeah. hope that there could be another step in there. Also a young guy, so you know with a catcher, he's not like burnt out, and they have to sit him a bunch of games. And he's uh, on a good team. In... Yeah, on a good team. We, yep. you know, I think they'll take a step back. I don't think sure. they'll be the World Series champion team, um, but they should be a good team, like you said. Um, I, I don't. I know World Series. They lost the World Series. They didn't win. Yeah. But you know. um, <laughs> National League champions. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, which was also so fluky. My God. I mean, I was rooting for the Phillies in the playoffs. I love Bryce Harper. I don't know if sure. you noticed from the first base episode. He's my favorite favorite athlete and i talked about it i met him and all those things i, I love bryce harper so much. i i want him to be a yankee like i still am so mad that the yankees never called him like when that story came out i remember it was during covid he did that interview when he said yeah brian cashman never called me and i wanted to be a yankee and i was just like how how Bryce? yeah and i was just like because think about it if they go get him the yankees didn't have a left fielder for the last four years he would have been the left fielder, and now when, with Rizzo gone next year, he would have slid to first base just like he did in Philly. Like, clearly, I'm not over it. Right? I can tell. I can tell. Uh, not rooting for Bryce. a fun team like the Diamondbacks because you're rooting for the Phillies. I'm just kidding. Yeah, well, I do. I like. Bryce I think Harper the too. Phillies were a fun team. I think the, the energy in that ballpark, mm-hmm. and then just got zapped in those last two games because they couldn't hit, and like they were so reliant on the home run. You knew that that was going to come to a head at some point. Where it was like, yeah. if they weren't hitting home runs, they weren't scoring, but. It felt like every time they were going to hit that big home run and then they didn't and Arizona won and I was frustrated. I had Philly as a World Series future. Also, I had money on them. It was it was a whole thing. Oh, that's uh, who's I your. <laughs> no, I, I put. I So that's the thing. When they're not my team like Philly, right? I put money on them before the season. So it was a, like a long future because I wanted a reason to root for them. Okay. Meaning I that's how if it's not my like the Yankees, I'm going to root for no matter what. Now, the Yankees were already out of it, but I put money on them as a future because I wanted a reason to root for them, not the other way around. I wasn't rooting for them because I had money on them. I wanted to root for them already. I like their team. I love Zach Wheeler. I love these guys. And then the money was just supposed to incentivize me. That's why I didn't like pull out when they went to the championship. I could have you know, just gotten money off of that, especially when they're up 3-2 in the series. It's like, okay, yeah. you could just take money out now, like you know, take your winnings. Um, but I didn't because I wanted to root for them, and then they screwed me. So... Sorry, I'm sorry for your loss. Thank you. Um, I'm not over it. Anyway, clearly, who's your worst value at catcher? I don't even know where I was going. I, with that. Oh, yeah, I was talking about Moreno. They won weak team. I think they'll be worse this year than they were last year. Yeah, I mean that that could be a separate episode too as we start diving into the the season. But my worst value, okay. I ha- yeah, I know. Uh, my worst value is Salvador Perez. Um, he's currently going at 136, which is the sixth catcher off the board there is i i think i've mentioned it before there's not a chance i am paying that for salvador perez he I, I i get it i think people are still holding on to the year when he hit you know i think it was 48 home runs i had the number pulled up in front of me i think that was like two more, years but... ago it was like 2021 yeah. it wasn't even that long ago or 22 it, he's hit 23 over the last two years so like oh so it's 21 power there yeah so it was 21 there's power there but I'm not paying top six value for power only. Like he has one of the worst walk rates in all of base plays, a 3% walk rate. And also among the worst with a 47% chase rate. Those are first percentile for both of those. So that, I mean, he just barely makes enough contact to where he's going to play. 
he posted an 86 WRC plus. So like there is lit, if there is any sort of decline from him, it's just, he's going to fall off a cliff and there's, I would much rather give me the power that Cal Raleigh gets. Why, why is Cal Raleigh going after Salvador Perez? I just, I have no idea. Plus he's on a worse team, right? Kansas city. Cal's, Cal's power seems more guaranteed at this point. Not it seems, does. it is a hundred percent. And Kansas city, another awful park to hit in. I mean, I know Seattle's not great either, but it's just everything is stacked against him other than the fact that he just he can hit the ball hard, but he doesn't hit it often enough. He's getting a little bit older. Team context, they're okay. Like, but I, I give me Cal Raleigh instead. Give me yeah. Wilson Contreras. Give me Sean Murphy. Like, there's so many guys I'd rather take instead of him. So I think he's the worst value um at 130. You hit on this a little bit before, but I'm just gonna bring it back. And it sucks because this guy's really good, but Will Smith. Well, one of the things that made Will Smith so good was he's going to bat in the middle of the lineup, and he's still going to bat in the middle of a really potent lineup. He's going to lose probably 20 games of playing time. This was the guy who was their DH when he wasn't catching. He was that guy before Adley was that guy, right? If you see him drop from 150 games played to 120 games played, like that's going to be a big drop-off, and with the Shohei Otani signing, Shohei's going to play. He's going to DH every single day, and he's Mm going to hit. And you're not moving him. And so Will Smith be damned, you know, and you, you can't throw him at first base. You have Freddie Freeman there. There's there's not enough spots in the lineup and they're so good. And that that's a benefit for Will Smith. I just think his decline, people are not going to expect it. And for where he's going in the draft also, and this is not to say he's not going to have a really good year. He's going to have a really good year. I can tell you that right now. And that's why it sucks to put him as your almost worst value. But He's not going to have the years that he had in the past just strictly because of playing time. And and that's it. And maybe even less opportunities to drive and runs. You'd think he'd have more, but if he's batting a little lower in the lineup, something different uh, with the addition of Otani, I think that that hurts him a little bit. Yeah, it does hurt. It hurts to say, right? Because, I mean, he's kind of the guy we want to root for. Here's a guy who's going to be really good. You know, He is really good. He's a very... And I think this also comes to the fact the Dodgers are already playing for the playoffs. Like in their mind, they're already in the playoffs, right? So they're going to keep their guys healthy. That includes not playing Will Smith so that they can play him as a catcher every day in the playoffs. Like that's, that's essentially what's going to happen. Um, And it's, it's too bad, but he did reach, you know, 500 plus plate appearances the last three seasons. I don't think they want to take his bat out of the lineup. So maybe they catch him a little bit more, but I just, that doesn't seem like their style. I think they're just going to cut down. I would say probably expect about 500 plate appearances. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's it's not. And, and then you think also Gavin Lux coming back, right? It's just more guys. There's so many guys in that lineup that you have to get at bats to. Yeah. Um, and it's many just, Exactly. And Gavin Lux, because of the injury that he had, you might want to DH him some days, you know, like if you're getting Otani days off. So like, and like you said, there's, I don't think there's a rush or a pressure to play Will Smith every day. They're going to win 110 games. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, this team is ridiculous. Did you see, uh, did you see what's his name? I'm now I'm blanking pitch. Did you see that guy? They got, Yamamoto. Uh, yeah. Yamamoto. Yamamoto. Did you see yeah. He looks today? I think it was filthy. today, right? Oh my He's throwing God. 97 he and he just drops that sinker on them. My God. Oh, He's making major league hitters disgusting. look like, yeah. Speaking of making major league hitters look bad, did you see a former Dodger, Trevor Bauer, get cooked by, by I did by Matt Marty like, Mush? Yeah, yeah. Is that what his? I didn't know what his name. I just know it was some. I to me, if I'm Bauer and I'm trying to get back in the league, I have enough baggage. I'm not putting that out there. 
I'm like, all right, we need to bury yeah. this. This never happened. I'm, I'm like, a little surprised. He's been doing I'll the pay off, just like you stuff. paid off the girl. You could also pay off Marty Mush, you know? Yeah, I'll pay That's you out. Yeah, he's been doing a lot of the, the Eric Sims stuff. I'm not quite sure why, but yeah, you, you know, you think if he wants to get signed, he'd, you know, try to keep I mean, his this head is a guy right? who never played anywhere. And he's like, you know, I was a little bit upset about that pitch. You think? He made contact like a million times. He put the ball in play four times in 10 at-bats. Had two hits, a fly out and a ground out, and then a walk. You only strike. And he's like, and he's doing the celebration after striking him out, like doing the sword celebration. I'm like, for Marty Mush? That's crazy. That's nuts to me. Like you're celebrating striking out freaking like a blogger who have, who like has, has twig arms and is like the most unathletic person I've ever seen. I, I, wild to me that 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 was put out by trevor bowers social media guy who's a free agent right now i wouldn't give him five hundred thousand dollars to pitch for me like literally i i did i don't judge like like major league hitters have to be watching that cracking up i i i i wanted to also mention too sorry i was just i had it up a little bit changed back to what we were talking about is that will smith austin they have austin hedges as a backup and he is a defensive wizard, so you know he's we know play. the Dodgers like to defense. Yeah. He's going to play too. It's just unfortunate. Especially maybe he um, catches Yamamoto with that filthy, that filthy. Yeah, splitter. yeah, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. We know yeah. what that's going to look like. Yeah, and we've seen this before, where some of the top pitchers, especially when they come in from overseas or have different pitches that mm-hmm. are tougher to handle, they get a specialty catcher. Like I think, like you know, Jose Trevino is going to play for the Yankees because he's probably going to catch Garrett Cole. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I remember you Darvish, his catcher was, uh, and now I'm drawing a blank, but it wasn't Wilson Contreras. Like, yeah, he, it's, he, it's always been like that with these, some of these top guys, especially when they have tougher stuff to handle. They have things. I mean, think about AJ Burnett, who his stuff was always all over the place in a world series game. They started uh, Molina. I think it was Jose Molina in 2009. He started a world series game when they were down one Oh, because they needed Burnett to be sharp, and he was his catcher. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he was I was, one of the Molina brothers. I forget which brother. I think it was Jose who was on the Yankees at, in 09. My um, mind is I'm still the, on the I don't even know how old you are. Or, driving me. How, how old do you think I am? I have no idea. Yeah, I'm 35. No, I'm just kidding. I am 20. How old am I? 27? You ever forget how old you are? No? All the me? time. Since I turned yeah, 26, okay. I just pretend yeah, I don't know. It's kind of like whatever. Um no, not even. I, I hate it. Like being 26. I saw somebody tweeted this out. I Somebody tweeted this out. It was so accurate. It just made perfect sense to me. It's like being 26 is the most embarrassing thing ever. And I was like, I don't know why that feels so accurate, but it just does. Yeah, it was Jose Molina. I got it right. I nailed it. That 2009 Yankee roster was special. Um, but you're talking about taking a guy who was batting like fifth in the lineup, like, um, like Jorge Posada out of the lineup for Jose Molina. Because you needed that, like some people just had their specialty catcher, and AJ Burnett was one of those guys. And he pitched, I think that's his best game as a Yankee, was that game two of the World Series, and they ultimately win. You know, Matsui hits the big home run off of Pedro. Yeah, and that's we something as, that as fantasy goes. players, we we often kind of neglect is the defensive presence or just the veteran presence that people bring and how that kind of shapes a team. Um, the guy I was thinking of for you, Darvish, was Victor Caratini, who went on to catch yep. Milwaukee and San Diego. And I mean, you know, there's just, there's guys like that out there. And Austin Hedges is, or I'm sorry, Austin Barnes is one of them. Austin Hedges is another one. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, 
you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When I'm just on a different team, but um, yeah. Yeah, but that's why when you talk about Adley and guys like even JT, who are known for handling the staff so well, huge bonus for those guys because and and um and also like like I said with Moreno, you know, defensive wizard, like it's a huge bonus because catcher is the type of position where you need a good a good catcher back there. It's very you know it's valued yeah. in the league, uh, and for these guys, they have to work to get their plate appearances and their at bats. All right, sleepers at the position, right? We did both of our worst values. Um, so sleepers at the catcher position. Uh, I'm going to start. Why not? Um, because I have two, so I'll go first then you'll go and then I'll go again. Uh, Connor Wong for the Red Sox. He's a guy who I think is known to not be good defensively and needs to step it up a little bit, but I think, and I'll say this now, I had this written down. JT real Muto scares me a little bit because his stolen bases in a season where everyone else's stolen bases were up. His kind of came down, um, him getting older, all those years crouching behind the plate scares me that now you're relying on all those stolen bases from him uh still at this age so that that's one i think the next guy who could be that hey he's the catcher who steals bases could be connor wong so for no other reason that's why i have him there if he takes the next step in his development also a young guy cool that would be helpful too for boston um but i think just him being a guy who could steal 20 bases from the catcher position huge bonus yeah, I long term, it's going to be Kyle Teal's job. I just don't know when that's going to be. But I, I agree with everything you said. He hits the ball hard enough. He he got some speed and he's practically free. I mean, yeah, this is. Know, and his, again, I, I, I've neglected neglected to mention that or failed to mention that, that he's going so late. This is a deep sleeper. My other sleeper is not as deep of a sleeper. Um, but I think Connor Wong is obviously a deep sleeper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 385. I have him right now His ADP. It's pretty good value. Yep. All right. Who's your sleeper? Sure. So my sleeper is Tyler Stevenson for the Kansas City, Kansas City, Cincinnati Reds. Um, sorry, it's been a long Shocking. day. You took a guy from the Reds. I know. Can you believe it? Um, I know. You know what it is? And, and you love this the Reds. Is, you love I Cincinnati. Do. I do. And this you see is a Red for... Sea on a shirt and you think it's the Cubs. So you root for them. I don't know. What is it? It's it's the same as the Bears logo, so I get confused, right? Which oh, that's what it Bears. is. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. isn't that kind of weird? Anyways, mm-hmm. um, no, this is for this kind of pick is for people who want a part of the Reds but don't want to pay for Ellie or you know some of these other guys. Like I just saw CES go top one hundred five in my draft. Like I'm not paying that. Wow. I'm sorry. Like yep. too many guys are just going too high on that Reds team. But Tyler Stevenson does feel like one that isn't. <sighs> I don't want to say isn't getting the respect he deserves because quite honestly, he hasn't played well enough to deserve the respect. Um, but I do have, and this is why he's in the sleeper categories because he's being slept on. Um, he hits the ball hard. He's still pretty young and he doesn't really need to go crazy at 225. His, where his ADP is 225. He doesn't need to go crazy for him to return positive value, right? Like for a lot of people when we're drafting, especially, and I think this is again, a deeper league play, but if you're drafting at 225, you're kind of you're either looking for some upside or you're looking for a guy who can just return positive ROI. And I think Stevenson can do that at 225. Um, he's in a great park, obviously, great lineup. We talk about that all the time with the Reds. Um, he just he strikes out a little bit too much. His walk rate is around nine, ten percent. 
Um, but he just hasn't lived up to the hype. And I think because of that, a lot of people are dropping him down because we had high expectations, but maybe this is just who he is. He's just a, a meh player that we kind of have to, to live with, but I'm going to buy him when he dips and then sell him when he, when he's up there, when he returns some value. So um, yeah, Tyler Stevenson's my sleeper. And we'll talk about that also, like buying and selling with as the season goes on and how to handle that. And, and you know, when you can buy, sell high on certain people, that's obviously going to be what this, you know, right now there's nothing to talk about. It's just rankings pretty much because there's no season yet. Right. So but once the teams are drafted and we see how guys are playing and different things, injuries happen, we'll talk about all that stuff. My other sleeper, and it's crazy that he's a sleeper is because he was one of the top catchers. I remember I took him uh, in my draft last year. I don't remember which round it was, but it there was the kid who didn't really play catcher from uh, from Toronto, uh, who was you know going high on everyone's list last year. I'm I'm blanking on his name, uh, but he played mostly outfield and was catcher eligible. Played a little Dalton bit catcher. Varsho, yeah. Mm-hmm. So he got taken, and I was like, I need a catcher, and I took Wilson right after him, I think. Um, and Wilson Contreras had such an awful first half of his season and i'm really just making this pick to rub it in your face that he's not a cub anymore but no just kidding no, i'm, I'm such fine a, with it dude had such a good second half after that that terrible start and it wasn't just that it was he it took him a while to adjust and then he got benched and when he got benched i was furious um and i was like i can't believe this idiot like got benched he was playing terribly he's buying like one 80 or something like literally awful and then from there on out the second half of the season he had the best second half of any catcher by far he was one of the best players in fantasy baseball in fact the second half of the season it was really like when he sat down and learned the cardinal way which was really what they said he needed to do and god knows what that means but once he did that the second half of the season wilson Contreras was one of the best in baseball he signed a big deal so it's not like he's going anywhere this is the last year was the first year and it felt like last year, I keep harping on this, but guys on the second in the second half who can, you know, use that to catapult them into you know following seasons. I think we could see a great season and a few seasons still from Wilson Contreras, but he's still not getting that top value. If he's going at seventh or eighth, sixth, seventh, eighth catcher listed, you know, whatever your your list is, if you have him somewhere in that range, I think he could give you top two, three catcher value. Uh, going at six or seven so i like him as a not so deep sleeper yeah i i agree with pretty much everything you said i know he had a little bit of a wrist thing at the end of last year not that that's anything to slightly you know maybe it's slightly concerning i don't know but um, just something to monitor i recently i was telling you right before we started that i just took um, cal raleigh over wilson Contreras in my draft but I was, you know, neck and neck, you know, I could have just as easily clicked Wilson and been okay with it. Um, but I was just, I was feeling Cal right now. So um, if you want the guaranteed 30 plus home runs, take Cal. Yeah, like that's how it is, right. you know, that's and, what I told and, you right before we, yeah. And Wilson, you're absolutely right though. Wilson was one of the hottest hitters in baseball. I think this is a great pick because if he can even do 80% of that throughout the entire year and, and keep it sustained rather than yes. hot, cold, exactly. that's, that's top five value right there from the catcher position. Anything else before we hit the prospect report? Um, let's see, prospect, right, we have these prospect, notes right, no. and I already hit all of them. I mean, I told you Adley's by far and away oh, the best. Yeah, I, I did want Al Riley. I did want to. Sorry, go JT ahead. Those are the um, three things I told you about that already. You did. 
I um the one thing that I wrote down that I didn't really dive too much into because I'm kind of upset um, is I do want Bo Naylor to finally get some run um, in Cleveland. He's Cleveland's catcher. He we just love the missed. We do. We do. do remember I, um, I picked Josh on a previous episode. Yeah. I, uh, I I really like what Bo brings to the table. It's just, it's unfortunate because Cleveland just signed Austin Hedges and Cleveland's another team like the Dodgers, like many other teams, they like a defensive catcher. Austin Hedges is a defensive catcher. And so, um, Cleveland's DH spot is pretty much taken and it, I don't see much playing time for Bo Naylor. I think he's still going to be the starting catcher, but he's not going to get the play. Like we've been talking about for a lot of these guys, right? Like that full-time PT, that guaranteed, guaranteed PT is huge because there's so many guys in this, um, you know, at this position that are sharing time. And if Bo Naylor got run, he, he's, he's a sleeper for sure at that point, because He's got so much value with his bat. He's a phenomenal hitter. So um, he's just one I, I'm sad that we didn't touch on too much, but um, I'm definitely I'm definitely all in on Bo Naylor for the long run. Love it. Um, I don't know. I still can't get over. I just assumed you were younger than me. I thought you were like 24 or something. Anyway. Um, hey, that's good. I'm, I'm youthful, right? That's It is good. You should be proud and you should be happy. If I could just take a minute also, guys, if you're listening to this right now, please go like and subscribe on YouTube uh, because – we have short clips of every episode. So if you don't want to listen to a full 40 minutes and you want just the top 10 first baseman or you want just the top 10 catchers after today, we're going to have it all lives on our YouTube channel, Just Fantasy Baseball or the Just Baseball channel. And we have a Just Fantasy Baseball portion under the Just Baseball heading. And if you subscribe there, you'll get new content every day. I mean, we have like 30 videos up there already just since we started. Um, so uh, and it's, I it's good stuff. ask ask your questions, right? That's that's another place. Yeah, just throw questions exactly. It's out a great there, place right? to reach out to us to mm-hmm. in the comments, whatever. Uh, I should be monitoring the comments a little more than I am, <laughs> but um, I, I I actually replied to a bunch today. So um, oh, that's awesome. I'm gonna try to be more more on top of that. So yeah, please. And plus, they want your answers anyway. They don't want my answers. So uh, yeah, somebody texted me actually and asked me about Mitch Keller, and I was like, well, you'll have to wait. And see, yeah, wait till our, our starting yeah, pitching yeah, episode, yeah, yeah, exactly, or or reach out to us on YouTube. I don't know, or wait, yeah, or wait. the other, anyway, sorry, or yeah, wait. just make you wait. Yeah, we're gonna make you wait, just like you're waiting right now for the top 10 catchers. But before that, Vinny's prospect report brought to you by nobody. Are Vince? you actually looking Does for anyone a call you Vinny? for that? Or, yeah, I, oh, yeah, I, yeah. I, you, you, I haven't made a single call about a sponsor <laughs> for that. I, I was just because you keep saying I said it once, so I keep saying it, yeah, sure. I'm thinking maybe like some of our bosses will hear this and be like, hey, that's actually a good idea. We should get a sponsor for that segment. Um, and by the, the way, this prospect listening? report, I plan on doing all year long. Like, sure. I don't think we should yeah. stop the prospect report because, you know, it's not going to be by position as the year goes on. I think it'll be OK. Here's the guys who could be coming up this week. Here's the guys. Here's what they're doing in the minors down on the farm. You know, here are the young guys who are getting playing time in the major league level. All that stuff. The prospect report is year long. So if you want to get on board, if you're a fan on the show of the show and you just love this show because why wouldn't you and you want a it's great merch. way to reach your to reach yeah. our fans the prospect report is a great way to do it and if you sponsor it uh we'll promote you well i don't know and then we could pay vinny a little more for his prospects <laughs> research um, i think i don't I, so, I'm, I don't make the decisions around here. I just host the show. Yeah, we just we just talk. I mean, yeah, you want to <laughs> yeah. talk to the big guys, we'll get you in touch with them. Yeah, we just talk. Exactly. We're, we're, not, we're not paid to, to make I used to do ad sales for a living, though. Um, okay. True story. Yeah, sure. I don't okay. anymore. Yeah. I guess now is um, as good a time as ever to say this, though. Uh, I'll be hosting on WFAN. Big news. 
first time ever. Congratulations. My own show on uh, WFAN in New York City on Sunday morning. Um, so by the time you hear this, it'll be before Sunday morning. And you could tune in if you're in New York or on the free Odyssey app across the country. Uh, Five-hour solo show on WFAN. It's going to be wild. And I didn't tell them this, but you're hearing it first. I've never hosted a radio show in my life. Um, it's actually, I've been on, I've talked on live radio plenty. I've done traffic reports. I've done the, um, a bunch of different things. The, the sports anchoring, obviously as a producer, you end up talking a lot, but I didn't go to school for, I, I kind of talked about this on the first episode when we introduced ourselves, you go back and listen, if you're curious about who we are, but I never went to school for media. I didn't go to school for, I didn't do it in high school. So a lot of these guys who get to host on WFN have hosted a radio show at some point along the road in high school, college, something. Uh, not me. <laughs> so my first time ever hosting a radio show is in the number one radio market in the world uh, that has like averages 20 million people every day listen to the radio in New York. And uh, it's on the biggest sports talk radio station in the country at WFN. So I'm pretty proud of that. I'm excited for it. And hopefully it doesn't suck. I'll probably talk some baseball. We'll talk football, basketball, the ranges. They're hot. Um, you take calls. So Can I call in? Is it? Is yeah. Eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. Um, for you, I'm <laughs> tell you the hours though. It's three a.m. to eight a.m. So uh, okay. Saturday night, two a.m. Your time is not that crazy. Like I think I don't know what you're like when you're not around this these parts, but sure. based on what you told me last Sunday, you might be awake at two a.m. Maybe I'll be awake. We'll Saturday see. Night. Sometimes on those weekends, I just like to stay up yeah. late for no apparent reason whatsoever. You know, you know, so, I yeah, like to stay up late every night. And this week was really hard for me because I worked on the morning show, which means my alarm went off at 3 a.m., um, which means I was going to sleep at like 9 p.m. And I, I sit in bed. And I'm just staring at the ceiling. I can't fall asleep at 9 p.m. Right. Um, and even then, that's five hours. Like that's not or that's six hours. By the time I fall asleep, it's 10 p.m. earlier. So I was getting five hours. It was wild. It's so against my nature, but I love working on the morning show. I love driving into the city when no one's there. I love getting into work at like 445, 5 o'clock in the morning and it's just quiet. And and then you get to see the day start to get going. And I don't know. It's super, and then you get to see Boomer Sison every morning. It's really fun. Um, well, congrats to you. That's awesome. Appreciate That's it. Thank you. Phenomenal. Thank you. Yeah, I, I wish yeah. you the best. All right. Back to you and your prospect report. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So go ahead. a few of the guys, um, I only have two on here right now, but I think they are two potential impact um, guys. The first one is Ivan or Ivan. I'm assuming it's pronounced Ivan Herrera for the St. Louis Cardinals. Now, we just spent time oh, talking Pudge. about. I'm kidding. It's a joke. It's Ivan Rod- Rodriguez. Rodriguez. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I guess Ivan. OK, um, we just spent time talking about how St. Louis has maybe one of the best hitting catchers in baseball. So this one feels like a little bit of a reach, but the reason why I don't think it's that crazy, A, I mentioned Wilson had a little bit of a wrist issue at the end of last year. Not that that's going to linger, but you never know. I'm just saying keep Herrera on your radar because all this guy's missing is an opportunity, right? They've signed Wilson for many years. So again, he's going to probably play as long as he's healthy, but the second that he's not, or the second, you know, if he does have another cold stretch this year, I think Herrera is a perfect um, candidate to get some playing time. He was an absolute stud last year in AAA. Um, Can you get time in another position potentially, or if Wilson DHs, you know? He could, but they're they're just so good. I mean, he's not going to play first base, right? There's Paul Goldschmidt, some guy, whoever yep. I, whoever he is. Um, and then they just, they have so many off. Or We're off low on Paul Goldschmidt, and, remember? Yeah, that's true. But again, he's going to play, you know, unless he's hurt, he's going to play. So 
Um, you know, he could, but I'm just I'm not banking on it unless something happens with Wilson, most likely. Um, because again, first base, we talked about they also have a guy named Luke and Baker who tore yep. up the minor leagues last year. So um, lots of guys in this system, but Ivan Herrera is one of them. Um, last year, his slash line was 297, 451, 500 in 83 games in AAA. Um, that was good for a 147 WRC plus, which is phenomenal. And then he put up the same batting average in the majors. He had 297 in a small sample of 13 games. Good for a 122 WRC plus. So is he going to start the year in the majors? I'm not quite sure yet. I think it'll depend on... Or do they want to get him full-time playing time? I, I think they would probably rather have him playing and then just bring him up if if you know they need him um, because they'd want to keep him fresh. But in the long run, I could definitely see a, a time where they're splitting PT, you know, 70, 30 or something like that. Um, but I, I just, I don't know if it's this year. I'm not going to bank on it. But right now... I mean, he's practically free. Let's see. So he is going 558. Again, very, very deep league play, but um, one that I'm very excited about for him to finally start getting some playing time. Dynasty leagues try to acquire this guy now because his stock's only going to rise. And he's one of those guys that we'll talk about throughout the season, you know, update you what's going on with him. Uh, So that's why this section, this portion of the podcast isn't going away. And your second guy, the guy that I love, I'm not high on him i don't think sure. we're getting a ton from him i think he's end up, gonna end up splitting a lot of the playing time um and he didn't impress all that much when he came up last year he's not known to be a great defensive catcher but god i hope you're right who's your second prospect yeah so you mentioned trevino a few times and i i see why um but i know do... he was hurt last year trevino right but i'm talking for this year i i mean yep. like just He'll probably get some playing time, but yeah, my, my second prospect to kind of watch out for is Austin Wells. Now I want to be very clear. So Austin Wells right now is going 327. So very late in drafts again. And I want to stress, like, I agree. I don't think he's going to come up and just be monstrous. Right. But this is kind of like that Tyler Stevenson mantra where at that price, all you need him to do is just, be average or be okay and the thing that i think so if we just look at his track record last year he started in single a and jumped all the way up to triple a in just one year so clearly the yankees thought something they had something good with him um he's 23 years old so he was probably a little too old to be in single a anyways but he hit 17 home runs in 96 games and he did get a small sample of 19 games in the majors and his skills translated right 19 games, he had a 373 WOBA, or I'm sorry, ex-WOBA, a 283 XBA, 14% barrel rate. Like these are all good underlying metrics to show, yes, you know what? It can translate. I'm not expecting him to light the world on fire, but it just feels, it almost feels like free cheese to say that he's going to return better value than, than 327 because, you know, I think he's a better offensive catcher than Trevino. I just I think he has a high floor. I, I don't think he has a huge ceiling, but I'm willing to bet on it at, at 320. I think that's a good price for him. And if he can improve on his defensive skills, because that's what Trevino is there for. And I know two years ago, Trevino had an uncharacteristically good offensive season where he just popped off. Um, but if he can improve defensively, I think he does become the starting. Even if it's 60-40, I think Wells is still the starting catcher over Trevino. 
maybe gets it closer to 70 30 and that that could be huge for him and i do think i'm sorry i want to add one more thing too i think long term i don't think austin wells is the yankees catcher like i i don't like if you look three years from now i i think he's probably a dh type or something like that. he's just and they have another catcher in the minors who they're looking who's you know who they're looking at now and so all it takes is one stanton injury which you know we'll probably get two or three this year right um it just takes one stand injury for okay. Now we have a hole at DH. Wells feels like a perfect guy to fit in there, especially with Trevino. Not really. You'll put Judge there, and then you have Grisham playing center. Whatever. Anyway, uh, don't ask. Don't think so. <laughs> you know, I guess you want to bring up the Yankee topic. I mean, I could go deep in on this, but um, they'll have a lot of injuries. They'll have first base injuries too. They'll have third base injuries. This is exactly. the Yankees we're talking about. Sure. Um, yeah. You think Judge is going to stay healthy in center field? I don't. All right, give me your top ten. Top ten catchers. Let's do it. Sure. Um, can I do last notes real quick or just please? Um, so, sorry. One more thing that I want to mention, because I think it's going to be interesting to watch is the time split between Danny Jansen and um, Alejandro Kirk. They kind of bring different things to the table. Dan Jan has had some health problems. Kirk, you know, had a super high offensive floor and then it kind of fell off last year. But it seems like they're going to be pretty 50 50. The addition of Justin Turner muddled things up quite a bit, but I want to keep an eye on this, and I, I encourage everyone who is um, drafting right now to maybe grab at least one share or keep an eye on one share because of, of one of those guys because one of them, I think, will take over at some point, and then it'll go back. Like It's, it's going to be one of these back and forth. So if you are okay rolling with swapping catchers, um, I think these are two perfect guys to be rolling in and out pick up the hot hand, drop one, and just see if you can cycle them back and forth. Um, because Danny Jansen, good hitter, Alejandro Kirk, I think he's in for better days than last year. Um, just a fun one to watch. So um, with that being said, I will give my top 10 list. So number one. So are you suggesting that people handcuff themselves? That's what they call it. And in, in when you're like in the NFL and you take two running backs on the same team, like if you would take A.J. Dillon and the other guy, not A.J. Lacey, but, you know, that's old. But the guy who plays Very running backs. Yeah, for the yeah. Packers, who's not AJ Dillon. Um, yeah, or like when you yeah. take Madison, Alexander Madison after Dalvin Cook, right? Like later in a draft or something. Yeah, exactly. Something like that, um, where you basically yeah. handcuff yourself. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I just took um, Josh Hader in a draft, and I don't know how far um, Ryan Presley's going to drop, but if he drops, you've been drafting during enough, this, right? While we're doing this, right? Um, well, no, it's a slow draft. This one. Oh, it's so, a slow draft. Also, yeah, wow. I just took Cal Rowley right before we started. Um, I remember that. Yes, I was here for that. Yes, yes. So now um, it could be like days before you draft again. No, not day. I mean, let's put it this way: we started, um, yesterday morning, and we are on pick one thirty-one. Flying through, pretty Crazy. good, right? I mean, we're in the ninth down. round, yeah. So no, you know, and I just saying, it happens. On that. Jeez. Um, and <laughs> if people are interested too, I will be posting um, after round ten. I think I will be posting my first ten round picks in a thread um, on Twitter. Draft? So are you can grade your own draft. Yeah, I mean, there's some things that maybe I wish I would have done a little differently. Like my, I, I grabbed Josh Hader in the fourth round, and I think Ooh. I should have gone for maybe another reliever um, at some point because now I'm kind of looking around and there's not as many as I was anticipating. So, but anyways, we don't have to do that now. Watch my, watch for my thread. Um, the top 10 catchers for 2024. I have Adley Rutschman, number one, William Contreras, number two, JT Real Muto, number three. Again, if you want to put Real Muto two, William three, I don't have a problem with it, but um, I have William two, JT three, number four, Will Smith, number five, Yaner Diaz, number six, Cal Raleigh, Number seven, Wilson Contreras. 
number eight, Sean Murphy, who we didn't talk about at all, but no, um, Sean Murphy, I think has, has some high potential. I think he's kind of reminds me of the opposite. Why of Why do you think Contreras. he played so few games last year compared, compared to previous seasons? He, um, so actually this is a, a good topic really quick too. Yeah. So there was a point last year where Sean Murphy, and I don't remember exactly what happened, but he had a concussion at some point during the season. And it was literally, I mean, you can look, I, again, I don't have him in front of me, but it was almost like right then and there, anytime after that, like his playing time went down and his skills just kind of, de- you know, declined. And so I'm buying that dip. Like, I think this is the opposite of what happened with Wilson obviously not injury wise, but Wilson started cold, ended hot. Murphy was one of the hottest hitters of all of baseball and especially the catcher position um, at the first half after that concussion, you know, you, you've seen it with Rizzo, right? We saw it with Anthony Rizzo last year too. 100%, like yep. sometimes like just a little bit, they're not all there in their mental space. So um, I think that's kind of what happened there. So um, yeah, I, I think Sean Murphy at number eight feels like a good value. Um, currently going at 141. So, um, you know, on a phenomenal team, I think, you know, he's going to play more than Travis Darno. So um, Sean Murphy is my number eight catcher, number nine, Francisco Alvarez, and number 10, Logan Ohapi. You mentioned uh, Travis Darno. Yes, Travis Darno, I think is, you know, I think he's going to get le- have less of a role this year. So hopefully we see Murphy get more to that, the type of role he had with, with the A's, but it's similar to Will Smith where it's like, Hey, they're playing. They, they know what they're playing for, you know? So they're playing for Sean Murphy to play every day in the playoffs. Um, so maybe his role just isn't, you know, when he played for a losing team, he, they were able to throw him out there. 162, who cares? Go play. You know, um, you see that sometimes. Uh, and again, I, if I could just reiterate, Cal Riley and Wilson Contreras in that area in the draft could be that, that could win you a league with how good they could potentially be. Um, you know, Raleigh with the power numbers, Contreras with giving you top four value. Um, and I'm, I'm still a little bit scared of Real Muto. I'm not willing to say yet that he's going to for sure drop off this year, uh, but he's at that age where it feels like maybe get out a year early than a year late uh, to mm-hmm. me, I think. Uh, yeah. That's going to wrap it up unless you have anything else. No, great episode. I, you know, uh, again, let us know in the comments what you'd like. Yeah. Uh, if you have any questions, try to answer them within the day. And uh, yeah, I'm excited. Like and subscribe. Yeah, good job, Ronnie. Yeah, like and subscribe, do all that stuff. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow morning. I'll be back with Bilal Powell to do the Jets podcast. So you can find that on, I don't know, I'm just plugging things here. <laughs> yeah, so you plug can your, find that your on, WFAN. It's on awesome. that feed Congrats. and then yeah. WFAN, all that good stuff. So uh, we'll talk to you guys on Monday. Until then, see ya. money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Say big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in store and on Menards.com. Save big